time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Hey, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap. We've got a great show for you today. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller, and we're going to talk about on today's program uh, a, t- a difficult subject, uh, but one that everybody needs to plan for. We're going to help you navigate finances after you lose a spouse, the strategies to do and the mistakes to avoid. So stay tuned for that conversation today. Glenn, it's good to be with you today. How are you? Doing well, Walter. I hope you are. Yeah, doing great. And uh, I know that losing a spouse is an unimaginably tough life event for anybody, but the financial implications of that just add a whole other layer of stress to the grieving process. Glenn, I'm sure you've unfortunately had to see this in in your line of work, dealing with people who are aging and going through retirement and uh, losing a spouse and navigating those waters. And anything tougher for a couple uh, to have to go through or the remaining spouse to have to go through? Yeah, no, Walter. I mean, it's it's a very difficult scenario, you know. And like you say, I mean, there's all of the emotions and the psychology. It's just like you know, you you lose your life partner, right? And so, you know, I mean, that's just you know, that that's that's difficult to say the least. And then, like you say, you layer on top of that, there's the there's the finances that you know can change pretty dramatically. And you know, and and it's not always dramatic changes, but there are significant things that that are going to change. And sometimes it's bigger than others. And you know, particularly, you know, I mean, it, it is the is the norm. You know, when you're looking at you know, it, it, depending upon ages, obviously, but you know. With um, you know, with the husbands tending to be the first ones to go, and more more often than not, you know, um, you know, but just because you know, you know, men on average, you know, statistically don't live as long as women do, and so, you know, oftentimes, particularly in that in in the, in the generation that we're talking about, is you know that they've been they've been dealing with more of the finances and the strategies and everything else a little bit more, and in, 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 in you know, in, in a number of cases. And it becomes that much more difficult to navigate and get through. So it's uh, it's one of the things that I always try to talk to people about. Be you know, as you know, when when everybody's healthy, and it's just like okay, well let's 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 plan for the worst and hope for the best that we you know we have everybody living a long time. But we want to be you know we want to you know know what we're going to do if and when this happens, right? Yeah. Well, we're not going to uh, ignore all of these different layers that happen when you lose a spouse. Uh, We've certainly talked about the emotional layers and some of the other things to consider on other episodes. Today, we just want to pull out that slice, that one layer of the financial component, and really zero in on it. So let's head that direction, Glenn. You've worked with people, of course, who have lost a spouse. They come to you wanting to make sure they're in good shape financially. So for somebody that's in that situation, hey, just lost my spouse somewhat recently, got to figure out what's going on financially now. What do I do? What are some of the problems that you see pop up for most people in that situation? Well, Walter, and we're going to obviously talk more in terms of the, you know, folks, you know, who are in retirement or close to retirement, right? And, you know, we, we obviously, I mean, the first thing up financially is, you know, what is, what is, what is the income looking like, you know, and there's going to, you know, almost in every case, you know, and I say almost because it's, there's, you know, there are very, very few exceptions, but there's going to be a loss of either a, you know, a social, sec- you know, one of the two social security benefits, either if they're both already been activated or, you know, or for just one of them has been activated, you know, the, the, the other one that, that we were planning for, you know, hasn't gotten activated yet that, you know, there's going to be a loss of, of that income stream, right? There's not, there's no longer going to be two coming into the household. It's just now going to be one. 
And so that's, you know, that, that becomes, that becomes an issue. What are we going to do with that? You know, and more often than not, it, you know, it's, it's already been decided because, you know, we're, we're, we're in a scenario more often than not where you've got both of them are been activated. So it's going to be the, the, the smaller of the two stops and the larger of the two continues, but you know, it's, it's, it's a loss of income. And now we've got also got to think in terms of what else happens. I mean, there, you know, there oftentimes if there's a pension, we got to determine is you know is that pension was that life only or was that um, was that you know with survivor benefits and you know for or for how long you know was it was it a period certain there's you know there's there's things that come up with that then there's obviously the 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 issues of of you know the the tax filing right you know you're going to typically have you know not typically you're you're going to have a you know whenever that passing happened there's that particular year you still get to file jointly whether it happened on january the first or december the 31st or anywhere in between that's you know that 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 filing year you know you can file jointly but then the following year is you know you're you're going to see a, you know a filing as a single you know and filer which creates a, a you know significant difference in you know what your deductions can be you know particularly if you you know if you have the standard deduction which most most filers do in retirement these days with the with the standard deduction being raised you know such so dramatically and and you know in the in the last big change of the tax law you know, and then also when you look at the the thresholds of what takes you into the next tax bracket, well, those things get cut in half when you're a single filer versus a joint filer. Mm-hmm. So it becomes it becomes a really big deal, Walter, in terms of you know how are we going to navigate that? We've seen situations where where folks you know, the income goes down, but they but the you know the, the the tax bracket goes up, you know, and that's that's a that's a shock for a lot of people if they're not if they're not planning you know or, or, or aware of something like that that could potentially happen. You know, and again, that's what I try to try to look at it in advance to to the extent that we can. Great points on what you kind of first are on the lookout for when people come in to meet with you. Now, let's go in advance a little bit more and say, okay, we've got this income gap problem. We know it's going to happen when we lose a spouse. So we don't have to wait for that to happen to help solving it and figuring out ahead of time. So how can we do some of this stuff proactively? Right. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's. There's obviously um, something that, that a lot of people have, you know, do during their working years, and that's, that's, that's the life insurance component, right? And, you know, typically more, you know, it's like a lot of folks do life insurance to just like, well, what if, what if something happens to you, you know, in your working years and you lose the income or your spouse loses the income? It can have the same situation in retirement. A lot of people think that there's not really any use for life insurance in retirement, and you know that's not really necessarily the case. I mean, it sometimes it might be, sometimes it might not be. But there is no no such thing as a one size fits all. That's certainly one way to help you know fill that income gap if you know if that gap you know is created. You know, and, and to, you know when when the, if you have a death benefit, that can be then you know redeployed in terms of, you know, creating a, you know, a new income stream or, you know, or, or withdrawals, you know, from a, from a lump sum of money that, that it may be there as well. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're retiring, if there's a pension there, it's just like, it's, you got to really make sure you're making the, you know, choices as to, you know, what's going to be best serving of you as a married couple, you know, in, in terms of any, any elections of, of, of a pension. You know, sometimes sometimes there's the there's the possibility of taking it as a as a rollover lump sum into an IRA, which sometimes is a is a good thing to do. 
sometimes it's you know it's it, it's it's an option and sometimes it's 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 still better to to take it as a you know as a as a lifetime income stream it just depends upon the the variables around it sometimes it's not an option walter sometimes it's just like you you have to take it as an income stream you know period paragraph there's no lump sum option so in that case it's like you got to determine okay does it make sense to you know to take it with spousal continuation benefits you know a, you know a surviving spouse benefits that's certainly you know an, an easy an easy selection to say hey this is what we want to do but you really have to do an analysis as does it make sense to do that you know and, and sometimes the answer is yes sometimes the answer is no sometimes when the answer is you know, is no then it's like you maybe maybe you take take the excess you know cash flow that's there and you do you you reinvest that or maybe you put that towards a life insurance premium you know to you know for the just in case scenario there's a lot of different variables there Walter to do some analysis but you got to really make sure that you're you're thinking about the the pension options all the way through you know, there's also the, you know, the idea of you're going to have the different retirement accounts, you know, you know, is which ones are you going to tap, you know, sooner rather than later? Do you have any Roth accounts that are there? You know, maybe, you know, if, if there's a way of being able to have use some tax aware planning and maybe spend down some of the, you know, either spend down or do Roth conversions or, you know, move money through the tax system when you've got the, the benefit of being a joint filer and then, may, you know, and then saving, you know, some of the, 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 the more tax advantage or the tax free accounts for later when, you know, when if there's if it's a single filer and now all of a sudden, you you know, you, you your, your tax situation has changed as far as as far as the brackets and as far as the, the deductions. But maybe that can be overcome, you know, by by having by having money that's kind of in the you know sitting in the wings that that is that is tax free. That's other strategies. Again, it's being tax aware in your overall planning. It really comes down, Walter, to you know retirement planning. You know, being living in retirement. You know, that type of diversification is significantly different than than when you're just accumulating you know assets and you're putting money away for retirement. You know, you got to really think in terms of. I think we've used this we've used this term a lot. You know, in, in previous episodes of just of 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 thinking about retirement diversification, and that kind of comes into play here as to you know making sure that you're taking care of your spouse, you know, if something happens to you. That's really helpful, Glenn, and I think something we should all be aware of as we start thinking about how we can better prepare for losing a spouse and navigating the financial component of that situation. So once we know that, hey, we've solved this income gap, we know that our remaining spouse is going to get taken care of, hey, I don't have to worry about the financial well-being of my immediate family, let's say, we can then focus on taking care of other family members. Maybe we look at the kids or grandkids, start having those legacy uh, conversations a little bit. Any common mistakes or what are the desires like on that front? Right. Well, you know, and again, that that depends on the particular situation, right? I mean, there's there's there are clients um, that are going to want to make sure that they pass on certain assets to kids and grandkids. Others, it's like kind of, well, whatever's left over. And then there's <laughs> there's everything in between. Right. But one of the big things is, is, you know, we got to think in terms of more often than not, most people have have you know some assets if not significant assets you know in in tax deferred accounts so simply meaning that you know it's a traditional 401k or 403b or IRA that is you know is yet to be taxed the pre-tax dollars went into that account which simply means that when money comes out it's going to be subject to taxation and when we're thinking about that you know it's when it when it comes out as if you're withdrawing it, it's going to land on your tax return as income. 
But if it passes on to kids and grandkids, then it's going to land on their tax return as ordinary income. And so we got to really you know, think about that and, and how the tax law has changed where there used to be this thing called, you know, a stretch, you know, where you could, you know, you could stretch the IRA, meaning that if you inherited an IRA or if your kids inherited your IRA, um, they would be able to stretch it out over their lifetime and they could take required minimum distributions based on their age, right? And so that would mean a really small distribution in a lot of cases, and then they could stretch it through their lifetime. Maybe it could go multi-generations if there was enough money and, you know, the, in, in the account that option is really not there any longer and you know it is in very rare cases but for the most part you know it's 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 a scenario where the you know that account or those accounts have to be you know fully liquidated within 10 years time and so if you think in terms of well who you know if if your if your adult children are inheriting that money then that means they're probably in their you know is in terms of where their ages are they're going to probably be in the in a in a scenario where in their they're in their prime earning years so they're already going to be at the highest tax brackets that they've been in their in their working years and then they're being forced to take distributions over the next 10 years you know and having that income land on top of the rest of their income so i.e. that means potentially higher tax brackets and less of that money gets passed on to, you know, to the kids and grandkids and the people you care about. So you got to really be aware of, you know, how are you, how are you, what's your exit strategy? How are you going to get money out of these accounts and your, you know, and, and take advantage of the, of, you know, of, of when, you know, what tax brackets are when you're in retirement, you know, are, you know, there, there are there planning opportunities there with, with tax aware planning. And I think we've talked about that in a number of different um, you know, previous episodes, but it's certainly something that, that, that is, you know, you can't talk about too much, right? I mean, it's, it's really important because I, I have yet to meet anybody, Walter, who wants to have Uncle Sam be one of their, one of their greatest beneficiaries. Yeah, not on the list for most people, Glenn, that is no. for sure. All right, so uh, last but not least, Glenn, we get a lot of questions about trusts. I wanted to cover that as part of today's conversation and see if they're a good idea for preserving family wealth. What's your take on on the trust side of this equation? It can be, Walter. I mean, it's it's not a one-size-fits-all. There are some folks out there that, that, that kind of portray it that way. You know, again, I, I would I would really I would really encourage folks to, you know, visit with a state planning attorney or attorneys, you know, and, and you know, and and, you know, you know, listen to what they have to say, particularly after they've looked at, at at their particular situation and see, you know, if it's the right idea. There are certain cases where, you know, just literally, you know, having, you know, if the, you know, if the bulk of the assets are in the kind of accounts that we were just talking about, Walter, where it's just like maybe IRAs you know, um, 401ks or, you know, maybe um, brokerage accounts or life insurance or annuities where, in essence, there can be beneficiary designations. You know, a lot of things can pass through that way. And, you know, they're not going to go, they're not going to go into a trust anyhow. They're going to go, they're going to go straight to the beneficiaries. There's a lot of different, you know, nuance there in terms of whether or not it makes sense. It also depends, you know, it kind of depends on how old are the beneficiaries going to be, you know, and, and, you know, can they handle, you know, you know, receiving, you know, large sums of money or, or you know, or cash flow over the next number of years. You know, it's, it's, you know, you've got to really make sure that you're planning the way you want it to go. 
And it's, you know, that's a critical thing for your, if you have an estate planning attorney to be working with your financial advisor to make sure that everybody's on the same page and what, and what happens after you pass is what you want to see happen. Well, great points across the board today. Glenn, appreciate your insight on what is a difficult conversation, but you can see as you listen to the program today, just how many uh, moving parts there are to consider just in this one area of planning. And if you've put together a financial plan and it hasn't included what to do, how to navigate uh, the financial losses after losing a spouse or the financial changes, if nothing else, um, it's really a good time to go ahead and kind of reevaluate your plan, make sure that you're properly structured for the future. So if you want to learn more about these mistakes that you can avoid, not only in this part of planning, but with the rest of your financial plan, don't hesitate to reach out to Glenn Mosseller. You can do that by calling him at 336-291-3535. Set up that that time to visit for a free consultation of your financial plan 336-291-3535 and roadmapfinancial.com is the website you can click free consultation at the bottom of the page to schedule a time to visit that's roadmapfinancial.com glenn thank you for your help on the show today and uh, we'll pick it up again next week absolutely walter take care now all right you as well that's glenn mosseller i'm walter sorholt and we'll see you next time right back here on the retirement roadmap 